For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Yo, it's Keith Smith, Atlanta Falcons fullback, and you're listening to Pro Football Chase Podcast. This is Jamon Bushrod, Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champion. You're listening to the Pro Football Chase Podcast. Hey, it's Jimmy Ward. You're listening to the Pro Football Chase Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Packers wide receiver Marquez Valdez Scanling. It's the Pro Football Chase Podcast. Hello, this is center Nick Martin for the Houston Texans, and you're listening to Pro Football Chase Podcast. Hey, it's Willie Gay Jr., Chiefs linebacker, and you're listening to the Pro Football Chase Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Keith Kirkwood, wide receiver, number 19 for the Carolina Panthers, and you're uh, listening to the podcast of Pro Football Chase. Hey, everyone. It's Chris Wormley here, Steelers defensive lineman, uh, and you guys are listening to the Pro Football Chase Podcast. Hey, what's up? It's Browns linebacker, Jacob Phillips, and we're live on the Chase Podcast. All right, what's going on, y'all? This is Shannon Sullivan, number 39 for the Green Bay Packers, and you're tuning in to Pro Football Chase. Let's go. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome into the Pro Football Chase Podcast. It's Isaac Signs with you as well. My co-host, Jarrell Worthy, on the line. We're looking forward to another week of NFL football. And oddly enough, we had Tuesday Night Football, which I didn't expect to actually happen, but it did. Titans and Bills. The Titans went on to crush the Bills last night. That was not even a contest. The Titans look good. So, Jarrell, before we get into some trending topics in the NFL, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing excellent today, man. My mind is clear. My body is clear. I'm ready to go. I'm excited. And I'm just, I'm I'm ready to talk about some good football, man. Some exciting topics. Well, let's get right into it then, Jarrell. Breaking news Tuesday evening. The Jets released running back Le'Veon Bell. It was reported on Tuesday morning that they were attempting to trade the 28-year-old running back due to his frustrations in the Jets' offense. And it just seems like every single player in that Jets organization is fed up with Adam Gase and losing consistently. So they finally cut the ties there in New York. Now, GM Joe Douglas issued a statement saying that after meeting with Le'Veon Bell and his agent, they decided that they should part ways because 
According to some reports, Jarrell, the Jets couldn't even get a late round pick for Le'Veon Bell due to that massive contract. So they just said, you know what, we're going to cut ties here. Now, some information regarding his release. It leaves behind $15 million of dead cap in 2020 and another $4 million in 2021 to the Jets. That's one. Now, point two. Bell earned $28 million across 18 games played for the Jets, meaning he made over $1.5 million per game that he was in that Jets uniform. So it is just crazy to see how the business of the NFL is, Jarrell. But what are your thoughts on on Le'Veon Bell now becoming an unrestricted free agent as we get ready for week six in the NFL? That realistically, if I'm one of the contenders out there and I'm making a push for the playoffs, I understand that, uh, you know, that it's time to to make a run at this whole thing. Then I'm, I'm licking my chops. Um, you know, a lot of I've been getting a lot of slack over the last couple of days from outsiders uh, just, you know, talking about, you know, where Bell needs to land, what type of character he has, uh, what he brings to the table. Um, you know, and, and arguably, guys, they, they, they this is a, this guy was a walking Hall of Famer for the first five years of his, his career. There's nobody that was producing um, as many all purpose yards from the line of scrimmage um, like Le'Veon Bell. Uh, the reason why we highlight guys like Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey is because of a guy like Le'Veon Bell who did it before him. Um, the consistency out the backfield, the consistency when it comes to yards after catch, yards after contact. Um, and just effectively what he brings to uh, to an offense um, week in and week out. Uh, the Jets organization it doesn't it hasn't it hasn't been good for any superstar that's been there. Brandon Marshall, uh, um, you know, we talking about Darrell Revis. He wanted to leave after a while. Uh, it hasn't been good for guys. Jamal that have been Adams. Jet- Jamal Adams, yes, Jamal Adams, um, Darrell Revis. We, I mean, this this we we're talking about guys that are that are game changers wanting, wanting not to be a part of this organization any longer. Uh, and it's a reason for that guys. I mean, a lot of guys want to pe- bring their emotions into things, but you know, when I'm looking at a Le'Veon Bell, yeah, he didn't, yeah, he makes his, he made his money and all of those things. I mean, ultimate goal was to be able to, to make enough money to support your family. If I'm a Le'Veon Bell, man, I'm looking for a contender who, even though they might have a running back that's ready to go right now, I can come in and be a number two because I know what type of value that I bring to an offense. He doesn't have to go out there and carry the ball 20, 30 times like the Jets expected him to do. He just has to go out there and move the chains. He has to catch the balls and win the one-on-ones that he had that, uh, that he's given in the passing game and extend drives, man, which I know Le'Veon Bell can effectively do that. He clearly got his money. He held out because he wasn't happy with the deal Pittsburgh offered him. So he wanted to make sure that he was going to cash in But it was back in 2017, that was the last time he was an effective player when he approached 2,000 yards from scrimmage. Since the start of last season, he's averaged 3.3 yards per carry, which ranks 48th out of 49 running backs. And also another thing about Le'Veon Bell is his ability to catch out of the backfield. And since uh, leaving Pittsburgh, he's averaged just under 7 yards per reception, so his stats have been in the garbage can, it seems like. But I agree, Jarrell. I think this is a guy that should go out and seek a contending team. 
And even if he can play, you know, 15 to 20 snaps a game initially as he learns the offense, I think that's a win for him and for the squad. And so on that note, I want to talk about some possible landing spots for Le'Veon Bell. I know you caught some heat from a lot of fans. You were trying to defend yourself because two teams that you brought up instantly were Green Bay and the Seattle Seahawks. We know Green Bay has Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams. Seattle has Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde. You were still making points for your argument. So why don't you go ahead and clear up what you're trying to say? Uh, well, realistically, what 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 fans are uh, missing, if I'm a general manager heading into the season, I realize that my team hasn't necessarily had the type of training that they need. Um, I'm one play away from having that injury uh, i.e. Uh, being the, the Cleveland Browns. When you have a stud running back like they did to Nick Chubb and you have a guy that, that's been arguably, you know, so dominant in the league, like a guy like that, and all of a sudden one injury away, he wasn't even he wasn't even carrying the football and all of a sudden he goes down. It can be like that for any number of these running backs in the NFL. And so when I'm a general manager, I'm always looking to upgrade my team. Every Tuesday, a general manager is looking to upgrade their team. Regardless whether or not a fan thinks this dude is the is the best player in the league, regardless whether how many fantasy points he he's produced the week before, a general manager is always approaching every single week, Monday and Tuesday, looking to replace that, that guy's job. And so at the end of the day, man, if you have a guy that's a walking pro bowler, we know that the we know a situation in, in the New York Jets. Nobody's had success with the Jets. It's a, the Jets. They're 0-5 for a reason. It's not Le'Veon Bell's overall factor, uh, overall fault to, to, to the Jets' success. Now, obviously, he plays a role, but at the same time, Sam Darnold's been up and down. Their Jets' offensive line has been horrendous. Their defense, they shipped everybody out of town. There's only a couple guys there that they've had uh, from the Tabo's era, and at the end of the day, they know that they're rebuilding in their cleaning house. When you have a guy like Le'Veon Bell who needs the ball 20-20-some times a game, in order to really be effective, and he's only he's only kept, he's only averaging 12 carries a game, and, and as well as almost um, he's he, to be honest with you, he only caught he only caught his first uh, first pass out the backfield in about in a in a the last well since last year actually because of the simple fact he's been on injury reserve, and so at the end of the day, man, I think um, Le'Veon Bell needs to go to a team that has an opportunity to win has a quarterback who's going to open up the field for him for those running lanes when you're when you want to run the football and there's the two safety high looks. Um, Green Bay presents that because of the downfield threat that they have uh, with Devontae Adams coming back. I know everybody likes to talk about Aaron Jones, but Aaron Jones hasn't made it through a, a complete season um, uh, of since being in the NFL. Last year was the only time where he's made it through a complete NFL season. So at the end of the day, you have to have somebody that's going to be durable. You have to have a safety net and have to have a safety blanket for when these guys have uh, have chances to go down. And if I'm and if I'm a guy that's been there, I've been there in the cold weather, man. You know, anything can happen when that when that temperature drop below zero, which it does quite often in Green Bay. And as far as going to Seattle, um, they're in the bottom half of the league, man. Um, I mean, you know, we talk about Chris Carson. They want to talk about Penny, Rashard Penny coming back from IR at some point in time. Uh, they talk about, uh, uh, I think it's Booker or Hoover. No, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, one of the, one of the other running backs, but they had all these running backs and Carlos Hyde was the only one that was missing before. And they still brought in beast mode. So, do you know, Pete Carroll's never been solidified and never been 
uh, he's never been sold on the running the running game since having Marshawn Lynch. So having a guy like Le'Veon Bell, a pro bowler who can produce in the type of scheme that the Seattle Seahawks run, which is a stretch uh, running attack, it only proves that uh, this offense can be even more explosive and you can take a little bit more, you can take less pressure off of Russell Wilson um, when you can rely on a guy like Le'Veon Bell to move the chains. Well, here are two eye-popping possible landing spots, Jarrell, that are going to blow your mind and that I think would blow the minds of every single NFL fan out there if this does happen. These are the two teams, all right? Team number one, the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are another team that has Clyde Edwards-Alaire, the rookie running back, first-round pick, and he has been very impressive But he has struggled in the red zone, failing to score once on seven touches inside the five-yard line. So they're in need of a hammer, Jarrell. And we know that Kansas City, they play a lot out of the shotgun. And Le'Veon Bell can thrive because he did so in Pittsburgh. We know he can catch just as good as a receiver. So can you imagine Le'Veon Bell with Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, then, of course, you got the compliment of Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and then, of course, the entire receiving crew out there, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Kansas City. They are an effective rushing team. Their offensive line, I know they lost Kalichi Osemele this past week, so they're going to have to find a replacement for him. But Kansas City is a very intriguing option in my mind. And, and mind you, they are one of the teams that expressed trade interest and Le'Veon Bell last year when the Jets had kind of dangled him in trade talks. So do not put it past Brett Veach to pursue Le'Veon Bell and make that offense even more dangerous. So that's number one. Here's my second fit right here. The New England Patriots, Bill Belichick loves to go after perennial pro bowlers that happen to fall in his laps and pay him peanuts for the veteran minimum, which is what he's already done with Cam Newton, and that is paying dividends. I know New England has a surplus of running backs, including Rex Burkett, James White, Damian Harris. I know Sony Michelle is on injured reserve, but this is a team that did look into signing Leonard Fournette when he was cut by the Jaguars. So you know Bill Belichick is always looking to improve his team, but Jarrell, I got to tell you, man, a Cam Newton-Le'Veon Bell tandem with Josh McDaniels calling the plays and Nikhil Harry emerging outside, Julian Edelman in the slot, I think that could really be a great fit for Le'Veon Bell in New England. You know Belichick is at least going to consider the idea of bringing in Le'Veon Bell. He's a veteran. He can move the chains, a gritty runner. I just feel like Foxborough right now, Cam Newton, Le'Veon Bell, two players who are playing with massive chips on their shoulder, trying to redeem themselves. I absolutely love that fit. What say you? Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, I mean, realistically, the four teams in which we've we've we we mentioned uh, this morning, uh, they all have the continuity. They all have the structure in place for Le'Veon Bell to be be successful, and that's really what I'm coming back to. Those are my points. We've named we've named four teams that all have great running backs at the helm already, but we also understand the value the, the value that Le'Veon Bell comes in with, and we know that he can impact he can impact the team. So when I'm looking at the New England Patriots, they're known for having four or five running backs on the roster. Number one, because at least three of those guys are playing heavy special teams reps, because Bill Belichick believes in having a lot of speed and 
and physical power on the field. So at the end of the day, three of those five guys are already playing special teams. So that leaves James White and whoever else is out there essentially being the next feature back, which of the last couple of weeks has been Rex Burkhead. So I wouldn't put it past them trying to add in a Le'Veon Bell. Um, the New England Patriots and, and what they present um, would only bolster and, and, and help a guy like Le'Veon Bell, especially um, coming up and wanting to prove something. He's already getting paid. The vet minimum is all they need to go out there and, and put up some uh, amazing numbers. These teams, they all have the culture to be able to handle a player such as Le'Veon Bell. They've done it in the past, so it's going to be really interesting to see where Le'Veon Bell ends up signing. I know that because of the COVID protocols, he's not likely to actually sign a deal probably till this weekend, maybe early next week, because he has to go through the COVID testing, pass a physical, all that. So now we're going to go to the next big topic. Dak Prescott went down with a gruesome injury against the New York Giants and later underwent surgery. The Cowboys announced it was a compound fracture and dislocation of his right ankle which means that the bone penetrated his skin as part of the injury. It was a pretty nasty graphic to watch. He's now facing a four to six month recovery. Jarrell, a lot of people have been talking about not only Dak Prescott's injury, but because of the business of the NFL, we know that Prescott was playing this season on the $31.4 million franchise tag because both sides were unable to finalize a long-term deal this past offseason. So now the question that everybody is posing is what is Dak Prescott's future in Dallas? Are the Joneses going to do right by Dak Prescott and still pay him his worth? Or are they going to take advantage of his injury situation and lowball him? So we know that Dallas can either sign him to a long-term deal, place the franchise tag on him again, which if they do so, this one would guarantee $37.7 million for the 2021 season, or they can just simply let him walk if they're unable to sign him to a long-term deal, which I don't think is going to happen. But when you look at Dak Prescott's situation, his unfortunate injury, and the business side of the league, what do you have to say about that? Well, that he's in a I personally think that he's in a sticky situation because of the backup at the moment is really Andy Dalton, um, a guy that's been a hundred million dollar quarterback before um, and wants to to prove himself as well. Uh, the success of Andy Dalton is really what I say uh, comes into play for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, we've all seen it before um, having a backup come in and have success and 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 going off and getting paid. And I think um, this is not a, this is no different. Um, this is not a different situation when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys and, and the quarterback situation and that's presented. We all know that if Dak Prescott was the guy, was the guy for the Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Jones would have paid him. Jerry Jones has been out. He's gone out his way before and paid guys astronomical numbers before um, well before that they, that well before they were due what they were due. And so at the end of the day, there's something about Dak Prescott. It might be the leadership. It might necessarily be his influence in the organization that is rubbing Jerry Jones the wrong way, because I know for a fact, if he was the guy, they would have paid him already. Um, especially with the type of quarterbacks that we're seeing getting the type of money this, uh, uh, this go around. Um, Ryan Tannehill gets paid, then I know Dak Prescott can definitely get paid. And at the end of the day, we know um, what Dak Prescott brings to the table statistically. We know what he can do. And uh, and like I said before, it's, I think 
uh, moving forward, it's just going to fall back on the success that Andy Dalton has um, because we know that he's in a proven year as well. And this is a guy that's been a multi, multi-year pro bowler and that's thrown for over 3,000 yards uh, every year since being in the league except for one. And he, and that was the year he only played 11 games. So I definitely think that Andy Dalton has an opportunity to change the minds and, and actually change the outcome of what the Dallas Cowboys are doing. Andy Dalton makes it a whole lot complicated than it needs to be because if Dak Prescott goes down and say they have to turn to their rookie Ben DiNucci or say Garrett Gilbert, a guy they just signed from the Browns practice squad, I don't think this question really carries as much fluidity and weight. But because it's Andy Dalton, a guy that has taken the Bengals to consecutive playoff berths and has had quite success. We know he's 32 years old, so he's not in his prime, so to say, but he can still sling it. I mean, he came in on Sunday, 9 of 11, 111 yards passing, and uh, put the Cowboys in position to win the game. So I do think that that narrative is really starting to generate all the media to come out and say, well, is Prescott or his days in Dallas over? I honestly believe in, and you know, Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones, they do a lot of talking. They have their own talk show in the Dallas area. And so it's pretty funny. It's comical as a Cowboy fan because I'm like, man, what other team has their owner talking about personnel decisions? But of course, Jerry Jones loves to have his say. And of course, he came out and said, oh, he's our future. We're going to take care of him and we expect him back in uh, spring training and all this. I do believe that Dak Prescott's going to stay with the Dallas Cowboys, and I'm hopeful that both sides will find common ground in a long-term deal. I just do not want them to have to come to another franchise tag, Jarrell, because, I mean, $37.7 million, that just is not good for the Cowboys, one. But I think it also is another slap in the face to Dak Prescott because he's a fourth-round pick. A lot of people forget about that, and he has done more than enough to get paid his worth. You mentioned Ryan Tannehill coming out and getting that big deal this past offseason after, what, one half a year of a sample size? I mean, he was really good for Tennessee, but Dak Prescott has done way more than that. And for him not to get that long-term security, even before this season, I don't think was the right move for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, you can come out and say all the right things. You know, Jerry Jones is a businessman, and he's also he's also a media man as well. So he knows the right things to say in the media to get the media riled up, as well as um, he knows the right things to say to downplay some of these situations. And and so, I mean, at the end of the day, you have to come out in full support of Dak Prescott at the moment, saying that hey, he's our guy of the future, nothing to worry about. You know, being in the, you know in the hospital, we want him to relax, we want to get him all the juice and you know crushed ice, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, they know that it's about wins and losses. It's about Super Bowls. Jerry Jones is getting no younger, and he knows that his legacy is at stake. Um, and so, I mean, me personally, the, the 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 thought process is, I mean, I know Dallas is two and three at the moment. They're still in the race for their division. But if Dallas goes down a couple of these division games over the next few weeks, man, I'm I'm Jerry Jones. I first, me personally, I'm I think that he's going to be looking to to ship out some of the guys that he needs to get off his certain certain guys off his roster and as well as uh, get himself looking forward towards the future because everybody's going to be in the Trevor Lawrence uh, lottery this coming this upcoming offseason. So I think at the end of the day, if they lose a couple more division games and realizes that the, the playoffs is out of reach, then, I mean, it wouldn't be far-fetched to see the Dallas Cowboys one starting to tank. The tank for Trevor movement, I've seen it for Atlanta. I've seen it 
for even Washington after benching Dwayne Haskins. I've seen it all around. That is another aspect that comes into play. We will see two and three, but of course, I'm happy that Dak Prescott had a successful surgery. I was gutted to see that injury. You never want to see that happen to any player, regardless of who the team is. I certainly hope that Dak Prescott does get taken care of the right way. So now we'll move to the next big topic. And I did see those fan questions, which I answer every week. And a lot of them had to do with Le'Veon Bell and the Falcons and who the next head coach can be there. So I'm just tying it all in here. Dan Quinn, Thomas Dimitrov, Jarrell, they are fired after an 0-5 start. The news came on Sunday night, so Arthur Blank didn't waste much time. As soon as they lost later that evening, they released that both of them had been fired. It was the first 0-5 start for the Falcons since 1997. So they lost to the Carolina Panthers. Raheem Morris, the defensive coordinator, was named the interim head coach on Monday. Quinn was in his sixth season, finished his time in Atlanta with a 43-42 and 42 record. He posted back-to-back 7-9 seasons heading into this year after taking the Falcons to the Super Bowl during the 2016 campaign. And that's when Kyle Shannon was his offensive coordinator. So, Jarrell, you know Atlanta, they're clearly tanking. They are one team that they want. Trevor Lawrence and Matt Ryan, he may be out the door as they look to go with a young signal caller. So, when you look at this Atlanta Falcons team, what do you think is next for them? Man, they got to try to find somebody uh, who's going to be able to come in and shake up the, the program. Um, I think, you know, everybody's talking about Matt Ryan, everybody, because he's the last he's the last piece of the puzzle at this point in time. Now you got the two um, you got the two heads of the snake off uh, when it comes to Dimitrov and Quinn. But now, you know, you're talking about Matt Ryan, who's the last piece. Uh, to this disappointing uh, Super Bowl loss and, and when it comes to all the playmaking and decision-making. So I think at the end of the day, uh, me personally, without having a clear-cut future in sight, I don't necessarily know if I want to move Matt Ryan right away. Um, you know, look, moving forward, uh, the, the, the Atlanta Falcons have too many voids to, to fix instead of just having the quarterback to just come in and, and make this team a contender. And so I think at the Atlanta, if I'm the Atlanta Falcons, I watch and see how this thing plays out. I continue to, to push forward unless Matt Ryan comes in or one of his representatives come in demanding a trade. I say that I, I allow Matt Ryan to play out this year. Um, see, see at the end of the day what what pieces can take place moving forward, um, you know, because at the end of the day, you might have an opportunity to trade for him closer to the drive more so than right now. And um, they just have too many pieces to fill uh, and, and, and too many holes to fill as far as um, their overall roster to just go ahead and replace Matt Ryan. This this will be a clear cut disappointment. And um, you will start to see a guy like Julio Jones wanting to pack it in and shut it down as well. The trade deadline is coming up on October 29th. And you know what, Jarrell? The more I think about it, I don't think it's out of the realm that Atlanta at least fields trade inquiries for Matt Ryan and Julio Jones because in the next couple of weeks, if they go 0-7, I mean, you know that there are teams out there that will give you a 1 for Julio Jones. I mean, the guy hasn't been healthy this season. They have Calvin Ridley, who's a younger wideout who... He's established himself as one of the best young emerging receivers. I guess as dumbfounded as many would be that Atlanta would even consider trading Julio Jones, I wouldn't put it past them, man, because if they can get a nice package of a first-rounder, 
you know, maybe another player, a younger wideout. This is a team that's in full tank mode, and just for Julio Jones' well-being, man, I mean, the guy doesn't want to be a part of a tanking team at this point in his career. This is a guy that I think deserves an opportunity to compete for a Super Bowl, and he ain't going to do that in Atlanta. I mean, not after hitting the reset button, not after firing Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov. This is a team that looks like they are committed to the rebuild, and so... Matt Ryan, I'm not sure, man, if there's a team out there that is actually contending that would take him. I'm sure Matt Ryan will finish out the year in Atlanta. He's still under contract. Atlanta could look to trade him maybe in the offseason after some dominoes fall as the draft comes closer. But I certainly do believe that Matt Ryan, this could be his last year there in Atlanta. And Julio Jones, he could be on his way out sooner, even by the end of this month. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it poses it poses great. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Um, I guess a great collective, a great, uh, a great argument. Um, but at the same time, man, there's a, there's a, there's a couple teams out there that that could be in need of a of quarterback at the moment. I mean, as far as Matt Ryan, you want to, if you want to just trade Matt Ryan, I mean, you can, you can trade them to a plethora of teams i mean obviously you got you have jacksonville there i mean yeah they're one and four you have uh minnesota even with my guy kirk cousins everybody's not necessarily sold um you have washington uh, uh as well you know matt uh, ron rivera being very familiar coaching against matt ryan um knowing the, the things that he likes to do and the tendencies he likes to come with and so i think at the end of the day man you you there's a plethora of teams out there that can be in need of a quarterback, the Indianapolis Colts uh, was one, um, you know, Phillip Rivers has been looking awful right now. I mean, literally, it's like, I mean, he's, he, he can't, I mean, he literally can't throw a, a, I mean, a golf ball through a paper bag. I mean, it's literally, it's that, it's, it's that bad at the moment. And so, um, you know, there's a plethora of teams out there that could be in need of a quarterback. And so, you know, when I'm looking at it, I, I mean, Julio Jones has complained for so many, for, I wouldn't necessarily complain, but, He's petitioned for himself a new deal over the last, you know, four or five uh, seasons um, because of his numbers and he's been and what he's been able to produce. Um, he is part of Atlanta. He's been ingrained here. He's uh, he's had an opportunity to be ingrained in the community. Um, you know, the entertainment side of things. I don't necessarily think Julio Jones is going to be up for wanting to be moved. And I don't necessarily think that 
um, Arthur Blank wants to move his best piece. Um, you know, Matt Ryan, as we can see, uh, he's a little bit he's 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 50 50 on Matt Ryan. As, as um, when you go back to the comments and how he how he says the the we'll see, we'll take a look at things. And so when they when people tell you they they're going to take a look at things and especially in this business, I think they really going to take a look at it. And I don't necessarily think that Julio is going to be the, the guy that go before um, before Matt Ryan. Yeah, well, Ryan is in his second year of a five-year, $150 million deal he signed on May 3rd of 2018. So now some head coaching candidates for the Falcons. Here's a couple here. Of course, the hottest one on the market, Eric Bieniemy, the Chiefs offensive coordinator. He will certainly come up for Atlanta, especially if they're able to land Trevor Lawrence. You want an offensive-minded guy that can come in. Josh McDaniels always comes up from the Patriots. Brian DePaul is another guy that's starting to gain some steam. He's the Bills offensive coordinator for what he's been able to achieve and how he's able to develop Josh Allen up to this point. And here's another intriguing one, Jarrell. Byron Leftwich, the Buccaneers offensive coordinator, has also come up as a potential head coaching candidate. So those are some names, especially if Atlanta is going to hit the reset button at the quarterback position you know they're going to want to go with one of these offensive-minded guys. So Bianami, McDaniels, DeBall, Leftwich, all these are, are candidates that could come in and be appealing to Arthur Blank and the direction of this franchise. Um, you know, obviously, Brian Leftwich, to me personally, I think um, he's doing very well. I think he still needs to progress as an offensive coordinator. I think, obviously, he's he's starting to gain a lot of, uh, lot of leeway, and he's continued to have a lot of success. But me personally, I want to see his offensive coordinator skills take him into the deep into the playoffs, um, as like the other candidates in which we're uh, discussing at the moment. Um, you know, Eric Bieniemy. Uh, what I've seen over the past, you know, the first four or five weeks of the season is is uh, nothing short of spectacular. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Coach Gunther and what those guys were able to do uh, with the Raiders and and this past weekend uh, against the Chiefs was nothing short of amazing as well. But the the type of complexity in which uh, Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid come with every week, um, it would it, it would definitely it would just behoove you to 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 take a look at Eric Bieniemy being a, the the head coach. I mean, his name has come up in discussion over the last three or four years. We know that you know Bill Belichick at some point in time is going to have to let McDaniel's go. But me personally, I think that. You know, with everything that's coming up in the discussion, I don't personally think McDaniels wants to go. I mean, I think, you know, he's had the he's tried to go out there and do the head coaching thing the first time um, he had an opportunity to go to Indianapolis. I mean, two out of three times, man, in which uh, the head that the, the, the position, the position has definitely um, been there for the taking, um, especially with Denver, man. I mean. You know, he had a he had a good team and these guys could have did well, but he just he underperformed as a coach. And um, and when he could have the Indianapolis coach team that he could possibly have uh, inherited instead of Frank Wright, uh, I definitely think they would be a, a little bit more explosive, off, a little bit more explosive offensively. But he didn't want the job. And so I don't necessarily have confidence in a guy that that want, that likes to renege um, every single offseason. And so that's why Eric Bieniemy seems like a guy that's that's definitely um, been proven. Uh, he's put his chips on the table, uh, and 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 I think the best is yet to come from a guy like this. We're gonna get into these game picks, Terrell, because we have some good ones this coming weekend. It starts with the Denver Broncos and the New England Patriots. This game was rescheduled. It was supposed to happen last week. Now it's pushed 
to this coming Sunday. Broncos 1-3, Patriots 2-2. Two two. Hopefully Cam Newton will be cleared to return. Same with Drew Locke. He's expected to be ready to go. So I'm going to take the Patriots, though, even though both these guys are going to be back for their respective teams. I like Cam Newton to come in and uh, just ground and pound this Patriots team. They continue to wear out their opponents on the defensive side. And New England, who should also be getting Stephon Gilmore back from the COVID list, I just think they will edge the Broncos out. 23-17, I like New England at home. I'm going to roll with you, man. Um, I'm, a ne- I'm not necessarily uh, going to give the Denver Broncos 17 points, though. I think the uh, New England Patriots, um, you know, not having Stephanie Gilmore, not having Cam, going through all the ups and downs that they've got, um, but also having another week to scout. I think that these guys are going to come out firing. They're going to know everything that they want to do, and I actually think they're going to win 31-13. to 13. Next game here, Texans 1-4. They got their first win. Titans, who absolutely throttled the Bills last night, getting to 4-0. I will take Tennessee to win this game. They looked fresh. You could tell they were playing angry based off all the reports that have been swirling out of Tennessee about them breaking COVID violations. That's a team that is very well coached. Again, I chose Mike Vrabel as my head coach of the year. You can tell he has that team playing and firing on all cylinders. Ryan Tannehill continues his hot streak. I like Tennessee to win 30-16 to over the Houston Texans. Yeah, I like that score, man. Um, I'm actually going to go 34-17 to with the uh, the Tennessee Titans just because I mean, they really they really surprised me uh, last night and what they were able to do against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, this is a Sean McDermott team that's been well coached. I know they had a couple guys that were out the lineup. You know, Tredavis White, they, he played a very big role in not, um, not being there. But realistically, um, what they were able to do and the physicality that they ran the football with, the Tennessee Titans, uh, they definitely look like they're, they're right on their way. Um, towards going back towards the NFC Championship. So I'm going to roll with them t- uh, 34 to 13. Four and one Browns at the four and oh Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a AFC North showdown. I am looking forward to seeing this one unfold. The Browns, they're not the same Browns team. Kevin Stefanski has done a nice job. They will go to Pittsburgh to take on their bitter rivals, Jarrell. I am having a little bit of a difficult time choosing a winner, but I'm going to give this slight edge to the home team. I'll take Pittsburgh to win a nail-biter, 28-27. I like this Pittsburgh defense. That's the difference for me. T.J. Watt, Bud Dupree coming off the edge. I think they'll be able to disrupt Baker Mayfield inside the pocket, get him flustered a little bit, and then the offense in Big Ben will take over late in the fourth quarter. I like Pittsburgh, but just by one point in what should be a really thrilling game. I'm just saying, I just feel like, you know, this is the type of matchup that you want to see primetime. Um, AFC North has been highly competitive this year. Um, you know, these are three teams that all have four wins. They each have four wins. They're they're moving along. And so I think uh, at the end of the day, um, I'm going to roll with the Browns because I personally – I thought the Colts were going to show up last week defensively, being and number they, one. They did it. I rolled and with they, the Browns, and, and they and I'm telling you, they and the, the Cleveland Browns look good last week. So, I think at the end of the day, the Pittsburgh Steelers is going to have to run man coverage. 
against Odell and Jarvis Landry, they cannot do that fire zone uh, coverage that they've been accustomed to because these guys will take the top off the defense. So I think at the end of the day, they're going to have to run man in a lot of situations. And so I like Odell and I like Jarvis Landry and Austin Hooper. Uh, these guys are doing their thing, um, but it's going to be a tight game, man. So I'm going to go 27 to 24 uh, with the Browns. Ravens 4-1 at the Eagles. 1-3-1. and one. You have been very kind to the Philadelphia Eagles this season, Jarrell. Me? No way. Give me the Ravens. Big time. 37-20 over Philadelphia. They're still dealing with injuries. Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, they're still banged up. We don't know their availability. This is a Baltimore team that they continue to roll now. They did have some miscues this past week against Cincinnati. They didn't look as crisp as they normally do, but that's because, you know, Lamar Jackson didn't practice all week. But I expect them to roll Philadelphia at home, even though they're, they're going to have a limited number of fans at Lincoln Financial Field. It's not going to matter. Baltimore is clearly the better team. They'll win big. It's going to be a closer game than what people think. Um, I'm actually going to go 21 to 17 in favor of Baltimore, uh, just because, in simple fact, I think the Philadelphia Eagles defensively are going to just have something to say, which is going to keep the Philadelphia Eagles in the game. Washington at the Giants. Washington 1 and 4, Giants 0 and 5. This is another just unappealing game. I'll take the Giants, though, to get their first victory. They came close against Dallas. 20 to 16 in a barn burner. Kyle Allen will be starting for the Washington football team, but I'll take the Giants. I'll give them their first victory here. Man, I'm going to go with the Washington Redskins, man. I'm not. It's the football team, Jarrell. It's the football team, not the Redskins. Oh, my goodness. Washington. Please forgive me, Washington. Oh, oh my goodness. I'm, Come on, oh my man. Goodness. Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus. Okay, so I'm going to go with the team. There I'm going to go with the, the, team, the team of Washington. I'm going to go with those guys. Burgundy and gold. Um, if Alex Smith plays, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Alex Smith, man, to get these boys rock, rocking and roll. You know, uh, 17 to 16. Yeah, I thought this may be a game you would roll with the tie. Remember last week you you almost called man, the tie. Look, I I almost called the tie against Dallas though. I know he was over there sweating like man. I know this dude not about to just call the tie. Just just call the tie like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. You were close. You were close. If it was going to be a tie, you for sure. I was going to have to give you props for that one. So yeah, man. We should have played. We had to. We had to go to the casino at that point. <laughs> yeah, man. For real. But uh, next game. Falcons 0-5 at Vikings 1-4. Man, the Vikings, they played close with Seattle. They couldn't get it done. I like them to beat Atlanta. They're back at home, 30-17. Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, though, is not expected to play because he's got that groin strain. But I think Alexander Madison, who's been spectacular for Minnesota, will go in and get the job done. I like Minnesota in this matchup. Yeah, I like Minnesota too, man. I like them 29 to 20. I think that, uh, you know, I like the way their defense was attacking last week. Yannick was out there doing his thing. And so I think at the end of the day, uh, Minnesota's going to keep it rolling. He's going to try to get back try to get back on track as, a, as opposed to the Atlanta Falcons. Lions at Jaguars. This is These are two teams where their head coaches could be on the way out. Matt Patricia, I'm just waiting for him to get fired. Doug Marone, another guy that could be on his way out of Jacksonville. This is uh, not really an exciting game, but I will give it to Matthew Stafford and the Lions by three over Minshew Mania, 26-23. Yeah, I'm going to go with Stafford as well, man. Uh, I think that he he deserves a day in the sunshine down there in Jacksonville. He's got to light it up. 
And um, I'm gonna go with these guys, 34 to 28. Bengals one three and one at the Colts three and two. There's been talk, at least Frank Reich fielded some questions about benching Philip Rivers after a rough start. He will stick with Rivers and he will keep him in the starting lineup. I like Indianapolis to bounce back, even though Joe Burrow does have some potential to create some havoc. But that Colts defense is really good. I think they'll be angry. They'll want to get that bounce back victory they'll have Darius Leonard back in the lineup as well as their starting offensive tackle Anthony Costanzo Indianapolis wins 31-17 over Cincinnati yeah I'm a roll with the with the coach too man but Phillip Rivers got to get out that paper bag man like yeah I really he really got to get his life together right now because he's letting me down especially with uh with all my all my little prop bets that I'm working on on cut the check I rolled with the coach last week they let me down don't let me down this week, Indianapolis. I'm rolling with you guys, 33-24. to 24. Bears 4-1 at the Panthers, a surprise team who are 3-2 coming off two straight victories. Teddy Bridgewater looks good. I'm still going to give it to Chicago. I know Nick Foles has been up and down as well, but Chicago's defense, man, they are just on another level. This is a game where I look for Khalil Mack to take things over, going up against that Carolina offensive line. Give me Chicago, but this is going to be a really close game. Game-winning field goal, Bears win 23-20. to I'm going to roll with the Panthers, man. I've betted against them the last three weeks, man, and um, and they, they've definitely come to play. And so I think at the end of the day, these guys, are gonna, these guys have found out what they need to do in order to win games. Robbie Anderson is looking like a different receiver on the outside. And, um, and realistically, I just think that uh, they're going to have something to say, man. Uh, Mike Davis is running that thing right now. And I'm just confident in the Carolina Panthers. I think they're going to win uh, win a close one, though, 25-20. Uh, to 20. Should be a good one. Now we got the dreadful game that you brought up. Jets 0-5 at the Dolphins, 2-3. Man, Ryan Fitzpatrick is lighting it up. I look for him to replicate that against the Jets on Sunday. How about Fitz Magic throwing for 400 yards and a couple of touchdowns? Miami they're coming off a big victory over San Francisco. They'll get another one against the Jets. 31-14. Fitz Magic goes wild again. Yeah, I'm going with Fitz Mania right now, man. When he's in that groove, you just got to let him do his thing, and especially against a former team. So he's always done well against his former teams, man. And I, I, I really like him to continue to light it up. Uh, shout out to my dog, Shaq Lawson. Um, and I'm just going to roll with the Denver, um, not the Denver, uh, Miami Dolphins. I uh, apologize. I'm going to roll with the Miami Dolphins, 34 to 20. Now we got a really good game here. 425 p.m. Eastern time. Two of the old-time quarterbacks going toe-to-toe. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Packers, 4-0, Buccaneers, 3-2. This is going to be one to watch, Jarrell. Who are you going to pick here? Man, um, this is a tough one, man. But uh, I, I'm going to actually roll with Tampa Bay. I'm not gonna roll with with the uh, with the the Green Bay Packers. I think that at this point in time, right now, this is the type of game that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have to have. Um, this is a game that Tom Brady has to bounce back in um, after throwing up that disappointing four sign last week, not knowing that what down it was. I mean, that was just disappointing for Tom Brady for a guy like that. So. Um, he's got to bounce back. He's got to do the right things this week. And I think it's just going to be a close one, man. I think it's going to be a field goal type of game, um, 31 to 30. Man, we almost have identical scores, except, which I'm really shocked you didn't go with your Packers. I am going, 
I am going with the Packers, though, because I like what Aaron Rodgers is doing, and this is uh, going to be a great matchup to see that Green Bay offense go up against Tampa's defense that has been improving every single week. But I like Aaron Rodgers to get the job done. 31-28 over Tampa Bay. So I'm going to roll with them cheeseheads, Jarrell, even though you know my feelings about them. But I do think they're going to take this matchup. Yeah, normally I would roll with the cheeseheads. But I'm telling you right now, man, it's just really this pass rush. This is the type of game where the type of guys that Tampa Bay has up front, this is what they've been paid to do. Um, you got JPP. Um, they lost Vita Vea last week. Shaq um, Barrett. They, 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 yeah, they have Shaq Barrett. They have my dog, my, my dog Will Gosen. So these are the type of guys. Um, and they have Sue, man. These are the these are Sue. the games. These are the games in which they get paid to rush the passer. Sue's known to cause Aaron Rodgers havoc. JPP's won a Super Bowl because of uh, how he's played bef- uh, in, in games against Aaron Rodgers. And so I think at the end of the day, man, these guys know how to rush and they'll be able to get home. But them Smith bros know how to rush too, man, in Green Bay. I think they're about yeah. to get after Tom Brady as well, man, because Brady, he's a sitting duck in that pocket. So I look for Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith and Rayshon Gary, the former first-round pick. They'll be busy going after Tom, too. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, at the end of the day, like, they, they're going to look great on the outside, but if they don't necessarily have pressure up the middle um, like the, like the uh, Chicago Bears did last week, um, you know, Hakeem Hicks played a very big role in the Chicago success last week in getting pressure up the middle, which caused, you know, uh, Tom Brady not having opportunities to step up in the pocket. And, and they were able to get home, and uh, which led to three sacks by Khalil Mack. And so at the end of the day, it's like, you know, if they don't necessarily get the pressure up the middle, if Kenny Clark, uh, which I don't necessarily think what if, if, Kenny, if, uh, if I'm not mistaken, is Kenny Clark back? um from uh from injury yeah he should be returning this week well he's gonna have to have a very huge impact on the game this week uh if he doesn't necessarily get the pressure up the middle then tom brady's gonna have opportunities to step up in the pocket and flood the ball down the field and rob gronkowski this is a game that he has to have because with the injury to oj howard they really need uh rob gronkowski to show up man so i'm very i'm very excited to see how this one unfolds yeah that's gonna be a good one maybe uh, even a potential nfc championship preview who knows looking forward to seeing it now we got a nightcap game it's a battle in the nfc west the rams four and one niners coming off an atrocious loss to the dolphins they're two and three jarell the sky looks like it's falling in san fran jimmy garoppolo was pulled for cj bethard against the dolphins of course shannon came out and said that he pulled garoppolo because he didn't look normal with that high ankle sprain he was working his way back from Either way, regardless if Garoppolo's going to be ready or not, I'm going to go with the Rams. This is a team that looks good every single week offensively. Jared Goff, I don't think enough people are talking about the start he's off to. Sean McVay looks like he has, I guess, overcome his obstacles that he faced last year. He's got these Rams playing hard. Aaron Donald continues to dominate. So give me the Rams 35-21. I envision them beating San Fran by multiple possessions. Can we talk about Aaron Donald for a second, man? My man had four sacks last week. We're complaining about Garoppolo not being well with the ankle. And then you got this guy coming down the pipe this week. So I'm going to roll with the Rams too, man. I'm going to roll with the Rams uh, just because, I mean, the, the type of pressure that they continue to put on uh, the passer has been no, nothing short of amazing. Um, you know, Jared Goff, <clears throat> 
he looks to uh, to finally found his rhythm, as well as uh, you know mentioning Sean McVay and the and the play calling and and, and getting over the 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 first first uh, quarter jitters. And so I think at the end of the day, um, the Rams are going to roll in this one, and I think they're going to roll big, thirty four to fourteen. Now we got a Monday night doubleheader because the Chiefs and Bills were scheduled to play on Thursday night. There is no Thursday night football this week, but they will be playing at 5 p.m. Eastern time on Monday. Chiefs 4-1, Bills took their first loss, are also 4-1. This is going to be another great matchup. Jarrell, I, I know Kansas City's coming off that loss to the Las Vegas Raiders, which was really surprising for a lot of people considering that it was at Arrowhead Field. But I am still going to go with the Chiefs. I cannot count against them. I think they're going to come out, and especially if Tredavious White is still banged up. Matt Milano, their starting linebacker, has been out if he's unavailable. And Josh Norman is going to be their number one corner again. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is going to have an absolute field day against that Buffalo defense. I look for Kansas City's defense to regroup, rebuild. It's going to be a really good game. And a close one at that, but Kansas City, I'll take them to win, even though it's going to be on the road 30-26. to 26. Man, this is a tough one to choose, um, but I'm also going to roll with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I think the Andy Reid is going to have a, a really good scheme um, going up against the Sean McDermott defense. You know, Tredavious White being out definitely played a, a major role. Um, and their defeat the other night. Um, and Josh Norman has to still work himself back into uh, the type of status that he that he was accustomed to uh, years ago. Because I'm telling you, if he comes if he comes to the game like that, man, like how he did against Derrick Henry, <laughs> I mean, oh my goodness! I mean, I know I know for a fact that uh, oh my goodness, he, he may don't have to retire at halftime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We not yeah, yeah. We, he's not, he's definitely not trying to. He's definitely not trying to be on, you know, the the come on man week in and week out because I think at the end of the day, this is, I mean, that was insane how he just got thrown last week like a little baby. Um, but I just like Kansas City. I like uh, Eric Bieniemy and the play calling, Andy Reid and the play calling. Um, hopefully, Sammy Watkins has an opportunity to be back, and uh, and I think uh, this is going to be a great opportunity for the, the Kansas City Chiefs to get themselves back rolling. Now, the final game of Week Six is the late Monday night game, 7:15 p.m. Cardinals three and two at the Cowboys, or two and three. Andy Dalton's the guy we talked about earlier this show. And uh, the Cardinals, they broke that losing streak against the Jets as everybody's beating the Jets this season. So, uh, you know what, Jarrell? Uh, this is a pretty tough game to pick because I'm not counting Andy Dalton out. I know he's not Dak Prescott, and I know he's probably not going to be as effective. That offense won't be as effective with Andy Dalton under center. But I did like the fact that the Cowboys went more to the ground attack once Dalton was in there. Ezekiel Elliott found some success. We know uh, Chandler Jones, the Cardinals star edge rusher, he's out for the year. We learned this morning after an MRI, so that's going to be a major loss for the Cardinals. I'm actually going to take the Cowboys in a really close game. I think this is a game where they got to control the time of possession, and they're going to have to figure out a way how to double DeAndre Hopkins on offense and contain Kyler Murray. But I'll take Dallas to win 27-24. So I'll take the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to roll with the Arizona Cardinals, man. I think this is a game where they have to get a, uh, get themselves back on track. These guys are contending out there in the AFC West, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be a tough matchup going down the stretch. I really think the Dallas Cowboys has an opportunity to lose this game and still be in contention in the NFC East. So That's true. I'm going to roll. So I'm going to roll with the Dallas. Uh, I'm not the Dallas. Oh, Cowboys, you're going to roll with the Dallas Cowboys. All right, perfect. 
I'm going to roll with the Arizona Cardinals in a close one, um, 24 to 21. I think it's going to be a close matchup, but it's just very tough, man, for uh, for for Coach McCartney to really get this Dallas Cowboys team uh, rocking and rolling. I know injuries have been horrible, but guess what, Jerome? This will make a difference. Leighton Vander Esch could be making his return from IR this season, so take that for what it's worth. Yeah, no, I agree, and I think that he's gonna he's gonna definitely help improve this Dallas Cowboys defense. Uh, but really, in the secondary, they just have too many holes to fill. Their pass rush has been a little up and down. Um, and so I think at the end of the day, uh, they, they have to find some continuity. Um, Lawrence and Alden Smith can really do some damage if these guys get, uh, if these guys get on the same accord and they, it, because realistically they have to help out that, that, that coverage in the back end. We'll see. Should be a good one. I'm rolling with the Cowboys. Drell's got the Cardinals. Well, that does it for our week six podcast. Looking forward to seeing all these games unfold and all the developments where Le'Veon Bell's going to land. What's next for the Falcons? I hope we answered some questions that you all had that we tied in to the major topics in today's show. Drell, it's always a pleasure, man. Enjoy chatting it up today. Looking forward to watching some football and uh, getting back right here next Wednesday. Man, I appreciate the opportunity to just to speak about football, man, and to do my thing. I appreciate everything you guys do, and I just uh, want to keep it rocking and rolling. All right, brother. Well, take care. Have a blessed day, and uh, we'll come back here next Wednesday. Appreciate it, my man. Thank you. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.